You're now listening to We Might Need Counseling. Welcome to the We Might Need Counseling podcast. I'm your host, Dougie Cash. I'm Joe Braun. My Lakers are killing me right now, Meredith. (laughs) (laughs) And we have a special guest, star of Lena Wave's 20s on BET. We have JoJo T. Gibbs. Make some noise. Hey, thank you. Thank y'all for having me. Ah, Thank you for joining us. First of all, how are you? I know you're fresh from Vancouver, right? Yes, So you're just getting settled back. Like, what do you have going on outside of film? Like, how are you staying sane during the pandemic? Have you been staying busy? You know, during 20, I bought a dog. And I will say that I would not have a dog if it weren't for 2020. Because I vehemently used to say I'm not a pet person. And then I found myself kind of getting lethargic, sleeping all day. And I was like, okay, I need some accountability. And mm-hmm. so I bought a puppy. And she definitely has changed my life for good and, you know, for also inconvenient. But, <laughs> but it's all great. They have actually said, believe it or not, like, so dog sales have been through the roof because yeah. a lot of people have got dogs for the first time mm-hmm. during a pandemic. And I almost did it and I'm allergic. So I almost bought back to kill me. <laughs> Do you regret it now that we're sort of heading out of the pandemic? It's a lot of work. That's a tough question because <laughs> it's like asking well, here a we parent. Are, honestly, JoJo, right. so <laughs> It was like asking a parent, would you have kids again? I know. Like, I I know. If, you, if you, they told the truth, they would right. say hell no, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the mm-hmm. child. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but do you regret it? Is it a lot of work? I would say 75, 25. 75, I love her and I don't regret it, although it is a lot of work. And I didn't really consider the fact that once life picked back up and, you know, the trajectory of the what I see happening for my career, I plan on being very busy. So, but thankfully, I have a lot of great friends and support and people who love dogs and a couple of friends that bought dogs, too, just like me. And so now we switch off helping each other and stuff like that. But um, I don't regret it. I love her so much. She's just very demanding. She's <laughs> <laughs> it's true. What breed did you get? I got a Yorkie Poo. Oh, oh you get one. Yeah. Yorkie. <laughs> Uh, and there's a wait list for those dogs. So it's not only you get well, money, it's you even harder up. during COVID. Yeah, COVID, mm-hmm. you couldn't get a dog. You couldn't go to places and stuff because we got a dog too. And I was just like, you did Yo, get a dog. Why What's the name of your what dog? What kind of again? dog did you? <sighs> we got a dog. <laughs> it's a Chawini. Oh. But he, his name is Picasso. I wanted to name him Django. <laughs> they named him Picasso, which I hate. Oh, okay. But he's super cute, but he's bad. He's bad. He's bad. It, it, he's chewing all kinds, you know, oh, so I know no. what you're going through right now. So See, I will say, Sugar don't chew on stuff. She just... Oh, her, her name is Sugar. 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 Yeah. You are so That's country. a good name. <laughs> That's a good name. That's a good name. <laughs> I actually like that name. Yeah. Sugar, yeah. Because, yeah. uh, you know, I, I wanted her to be sweet. I, she, she is a very sweet dog. So friendly. I just think sometimes she makes a conscious decision to do certain things. Like today, I feel like, because she had a puppy pad in another room that she knows about. But sometimes I think she's like, you know what? I'm going to just take a shit in here because, you know. Because it's easier. Yeah, because it's comfortable, you know. And I'm going to just go in the cage. Like, I've seen her look me in my eye and take a shit on the rug while I'm looking at her. And I'm like, no. And then she finished and walk in her cage. Like, I'm going to just punish myself. And I'm like, bitch, that's not how this works. That's not how this works. And you can call her bitch. Yeah, she is a bitch. I mean, <laughs> literally, figuratively. Well, here's, here's the thing, because I want to. I'm gonna go back to that because I actually have an interesting question. Because you are a woman, mm-hmm. I think you can appropriately address this. But I'll go back to that. Okay. So you have an accent. Where are you from? Gaffney, South Carolina slash Hampstead, North Carolina. I say both Hampstead. I mean, North and South Carolina. Okay, so you're at both. And how long have you been in California? This is my sixth year. Okay, and before you started acting, when you were in North Carolina, did you always have 
big hopes and dreams and, and aspirations for Hollywood? Yeah, you know, growing up, I did. I was definitely a Disney kid. Like, my great-grandparents had cable in every single room. So I was addicted to television. Round of applause for your parents being rich because <laughs> everybody no, had cable. We had my, the fake black box for you to steal it. My great-grandparents had cable. They'd had the good credit. My, my mama... <laughs> <laughs> we had the black box. Too. We had the black box. Yeah, we had the box. You know, um, uh, yeah. but my, no, my great grandparents. I lived with them through elementary school, and then I moved with my mom once I got to like the sixth grade. But yeah, before then, I just we lived in the country. You know, it's either you outside playing, or you or you inside watching TV. You know, and I had big dreams and aspirations to do it, but I didn't know how it could be done. And I, um, I remember telling an uncle that I really look up to. Still to this day, I really look up to this uncle. He was like the first person in the name? family. Give him a shout out. My uncle Lester. Shout out um, Lester. Yeah, there we go. my uncle Lester. Super country name too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Lester? Uncle Lester. We need more um, Lester's in the world. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, he's amazing. Him and my aunt, you know, they were that family members that lived up north. And, you know, when they came down, they had the, be- the Mercedes and the nice big house. And I was just like, dang. And I remember telling him I wanted to be an actor one time. And he was like, <laughs> I stay better stay in them books. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that thing hit me so hard. I was like, damn, I guess I better stay in the books. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, isn't that like an old generational thing? Like, because even my dad, like when I was like, I want to rap. He's like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's like, it's a, because I think like our parents, because they come from an older generation, mm-hmm. keep in mind, we're not so far removed from when times were bad for us. And it's yeah. still are bad. But when they were right. really bad for us, you know, it's like, they were like, we're just now starting to find footing, you know? Yeah. So it's like, pick a realistic goal. Pick so it, a, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago, we weren't supposed to be able to read. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so you saying stand in books because yeah, that wasn't always an option. No, that's that's 100% right. True. Absolutely. No, I completely. He's my great uncle. So he's oh, wow. I think seventy one now. So he's from a whole different generation, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. it makes sense, you know, that and him moving to D.C., getting a government job, working until retirement. That was that's making the dream. It. That's making yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I low key almost thought to do that too. Yeah, I had an internship in high school at the Architect of the Capitol and. Wow. That told me I do not want to have an office job in the government. <laughs> when I was constantly looking for ways to be out of the office, I was like, I'm getting away with this as an intern, but if I'm working like here... can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I right. did that for three summers, and I was like, ah. But, you know, it still didn't deter me enough to study theater or anything like that in college. I actually ended up doing broadcast journalism. So so you did go to college? I didn't know yeah, that. You went to yeah. College. Oh, yeah. I went to UNC Chapel Hill and graduated. Let me say that. Oh, you I didn't, I didn't Tar Hill? Yeah, I'm a Tar Hill. Oh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. I'm a Tar Hill fan. Oh, thank you. Thank Why do you think we had just waters blue because of the t- Tar Hill? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Uh, no. <laughs> so did you go on scholarship? That's fantastic. I did. Like the, okay. Yeah. I, academics? So it was a blend of both. My mom, single mother of three kids. I got some financial scholarships and some academic. And basically, all together, they covered all of my tuition, except for summer school, which I did not have to go to. But I didn't <laughs> want to go home in the summertime. Yeah. And, you know, so. I get it. Trust yeah. me, it's funny. When I would go to live on campus, mm-hmm. it was like the best thing. When it was time to go it was home, everything. I was like, Mm. I, I'm one of seven. So Ooh. I was like, oh, only Ooh. room, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. uh, isn't, isn't North Carolina uh, the oldest college in the country? The oldest yeah. public yeah. university yeah. in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm surprised you knew that. Me too. I'm a real fan. Yeah. Man. Very intelligent. Like All right. So you go to UNC. Mm-hmm. Now, at this time, are you still having that hunger for Hollywood? It was there, but it was kind of like how? You know, it was like low key, I had succumbed to 
go to college, get a degree, get out, you know, get a job that's going to make sense. So, like, I chose broadcast journalism because I still had the hunger to be on television. However, the theater program at UNC Chapel Hill is good, but it ain't like it's known, you know, like, no, I mean, people came there to do it, but I didn't hear about it until, you know, later on. But I didn't feel confident enough to use my scholarship on a degree in theater, you know, when I'm just like, how often do you get a full scholarship to a school like this? Get you First, I started off trying to do business. And then business count kicked me out. I was like, whoo, I can't get through this business count to save my life. <laughs> Might not be for me. Right, right. So, um, yeah, then I, the J school at UNC is like top five in the country. And when I got in there, I was like, okay. Yeah. Then I did not like journalism. So then I was like, okay, I don't know what else. I went to school for journalism. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, I understand the frustration because it's a lot in behind the scenes that you're like, do I have the bandwidth for this? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's definitely a, a challenging, challenging career. You think you just Absolutely. Talking, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> I honestly feel like I could have done broadcast journalism had I not had to. Like, we had to edit our own stuff, write scripts. You know, the real broadcast journalists don't have yeah, to they edit their right. stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what used to kill me every right. time. I was good on camera, but as soon as I sit down at the computer, I was like, Something, <laughs> something going offline. I would Rainbow. finish, and then the whole media would go offline. And then I'm just like, right. I can't take this, yeah. you know. So. so you're clearly more creative. Yeah, yeah, when it comes to computers. and The thing is, is like, because I want to sort of go backwards real quick, because I know you're a comedian, mm-hmm. right? Like, So it's like you're, you're sort of, I don't want to say stick, it's like comedy. Yes. Were you in high school, like, were you always making your friends laugh? Were you the class clown? Like, who who was someone at that time that you look up to? Like, who did you resonate with when you were at great-great-grandparents' house watching TV? I loved Eddie Murphy. You love Eddie Murphy, too? Yeah, cool, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, my great-grandparents were Christians, and, you know, we couldn't watch everything. Yeah, you know, it really wasn't until I moved so with my mom. Eddie? Eddie did, you know, The Nutty Professor. We could oh, still watch that. Okay. We could still watch, you know, something that was more light that he, you know, like um, Pluto Nash or, you know what I'm saying? Like things <laughs> like that. But I wasn't watching Eddie on stage. I didn't really know Eddie was a stand up until later in life. Later in life. Yeah. Yeah. I never would have thought that. Yeah. I just thought he was a comedic actor, you know? Yeah, I'm old. And that's weird because back then before streaming, it's not like they were showing Raw or, or his stand-ups on television. Yeah. You had to own the cassette the or the DVD. Mm-hmm. And we definitely didn't have that either. No. You know, the internets wasn't what they are now. The internets. You know? Nah. Nah, that's funny because, like, I never would have thought, if you would have told me in 1985 that someone would say, oh, yeah, Eddie Murphy's going to be a family-oriented uh, comedic actor. You'd have been like, what? Mm, right. <laughs> And that's Dr. your version Dula. of them, yeah, right? Like, your I version, right? That's I know your from version Dr. of them. Yeah. Exactly. Like. Almost had two careers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, he did. Except it's funny. Be- well, anyway, okay. So were you like, were you like the class clown in school? Were you getting in trouble? I was for- not. I was really? not. I was a good kid. I was very much so uh, about my grades and about like my teacher. You know, like I don't know. I was were you a good a quiet kid. kid. Were you reserved? Were you pretty? Yeah, like I. I so I got a cousin that swear I was talkative, but I'm just like, nah, I don't remember it like that. <laughs> <laughs> when I got to high school, I moved from, I was going to a mostly white high school when I was, and then my mom moved us to Charlotte, North Carolina from Columbia, South Carolina. And when I moved to Charlotte, it was majority black high school, which I ain't gonna lie, was a culture shock to me, even as a black person, right. you know, um, right. I was like, oh, these, these Oh, can I say this? No, 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 no. <laughs> These folks. These folks. <laughs> that These I 
that I love so much, so dear to my heart. Yeah, well, what happened was initially they put me in what they call these reloop classes, mm-hmm. which were basically like classes for the kids that have failed already because they were on a different type of schedule than my old school was. So it was just a little bit of a shock to me to be in a class with people who, had, you know, the, the kids that had failed last semester, they also going to be the problematic kids, right. you know, so. So you went from probably a little bit higher education to mm-hmm. lower or, uh, or was it just different? Well, when they put me in those reloop classes, it was like, Come on, y'all. Right. You know. Yeah, and you know what? It's That's funny you thing. said that because, and this is a larger conversation, you know, so when I went, when we moved from the Bronx to upstate, mm-hmm. and I was in, what, the middle of sixth grade, there was a clear mm-hmm. difference in the education system. In New York City, I was an honor roll student. Never mm-hmm. missed, mm-hmm. right? Like the teacher used to call my parents, your son is a prodigy. <laughs> Schools changed He's a little gifted. bit when we moved upstate. Right. Uh, you know, expectation level because, it's, you know, and then even, you know, fast forward when I'm in college. Right. Because I went to Mount St. Mary College and I did OK there. Yeah. I didn't do bad. But I remember I ended up losing a, I had a scholarship, the academic scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing it because my G, you have to maintain a certain GPA. It fell below that at one point because I was going through a lot. And I went to a community college in the Bronx, Hostos College. I was a straight A student again. Yeah. And when I tell you that there were things that we were being learned and the people in the class didn't know like basic level stuff, I'm like, what in the punk? Yeah. I thought we would be in punk. Yeah. So it's like to a point, it's like there's a clear difference in right. the educational yeah. systems within the inner city. Yeah. No, to your point, I'm, I felt that going to UNC Chapel Hill. I walked up in the bio 101 and I'm like seeing the kids going in. I'm like, did I miss a, a summer reading that we were supposed to do or something, yeah. you know? It is a difference. And then I, you know, no shade to, you know, it was an HBCU near me that my friend went to and he would come do homework with us. And I'm looking at his homework and I'm looking at mine and I'm like, that's you what learned about Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I was like, damn, you know, like right. your shit is kind of like literally right. we probably would pretty much do his stuff for him, you know, and so. You know, it is it is levels to it, you know, but I mean, education is education. I mean, and you can get to the same place with the different experiences, you know, so. North Carolina is interesting because it's got so many colleges over there, though. right? Oh, yeah. So many. It's like a row of them, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Duke, NC State, uh, Carolina, Central, North Carolina A&T. Oh, that's in, you know, it's about an hour away, but. But to your to exactly what you said, it's like I don't necessarily look at and it sounds bad, but I don't you know, I think I don't necessarily look at college for the necessarily the academic of it all. Mm-hmm. The thing is more you're building your network. Absolutely. And and because they do offer internships, well, it's re- I, fairly, I really believe you need hands-on experience, mm-hmm. right? Like if you're someone who's just common sense mm-hmm. capable, you're capable of having uh, utilizing your common sense and you actually get on-hand experience, I think you'll do fine. Now, there's certain things like if you want to be a doctor, a nurse, mm-hmm. a lawyer, that mm-hmm. certain things you have to know the terminology and, you know. Right. But, School is really just for the hands-on experience. Absolutely. You know? and, and and I do think a lot of the things they teach you are dated, especially in high yeah. school. You know, I don't. what do I need to know pi for? Right. I don't use pi. In I think, you know, it's it. funny you say that. <laughs> Never. I think it's dope. Uh, both of you guys, unfortunately I wasn't, but college graduates, you know, but you're right, especially for our people. It's important to understand that being there in that experience, you're going to be able to take that with you for the whole rest of your life. And that's really what it's there for. I read somewhere like about four years ago, there are more black people, particularly black men, that are in the prison or on parole than enrolled in college. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. In America. That. that is that is crazy. Like that's insane. It is insane. You know, like like why is that? So you can't tell me at the system. Not to get too into yeah, that though. Yeah. But so the fact that both of you guys graduated yeah. from it and you'd be able to look back on it finally is like that's what we gotta sell 
everybody on like yo that experience is off the chain it is you got to get there and, and and just experience it yourself so i don't think this generation is it's not like when they had a, a different world and that generation was like oh man like college looks amazing kids they are these going days, more now right it feels like today they're going more i don't know really? kids these days feel like they are you know Trying to get stars, it. Yeah, rappers. like they like... There's I a lot of entrepreneurial money opportunities now, though. Yeah. yeah. But to your point, it is it is about building your network. I will say the most valuable thing that I received in college was my friendship with my best friend and my two best friends who pushed me in seeing something in me to pursue comedy, to pursue acting, because I don't think I would have been brave enough to do it. If, and it's one of your best friends. She's at 20th, right? 20th. She was just becoming yes. C. I, yes, I, don't, yes, I want yes, you yes. to say her name. She's That's in the 20th century. Rashonda, Rashonda Joplin. Rashonda, there you go. Yes, yes, yes. Let's um, give it sorry, up I was like, yes. Shout out to 20 Shout out for to that. Rashonda. There we go. Yeah, we met um, in undergrad. And to your point, it's all about meeting people who are like-minded, goal-oriented people, people who complete things. That's really what a degree is, to show that you can complete something. Right. You follow know? through. Follow yeah. through, exactly. Mm-hmm. So... It's harder to meet people in the world. You can't run across somebody, you know, doing regular life jobs that may think the same way as you. But college is that place that it's like, okay, all these people tried to get here. They accomplished things to get here that, you know, so it's, I think, easier to find somebody who can match your energy in that type of space. You paying a lot of money for that space. Hopefully get your get your scholarship. And you're still paying a lot of money 20 years later because students (laughs) are crazy. crazy. (laughs) Come on, Biden. Uh, No. okay. so when you were at UNC, did you do any internships? And when did you start ramping up, I guess, dialing into your comedy? And like, when did you like, Okay, I want to do this? Not, you know, college was just. I don't know. I was just trying to get through it. I mean, it wasn't until after I graduated. I went abroad for a few months, got back. The hiring season was over, so it took me a while to get a job. I ended up getting a job as an admissions rep at a college in D.C. My best friend, she worked down the street at another college, Art Institute of D.C. or something like that. And um, we both basically were doing this nine to five, like, bitch, we hate this. Like, <laughs> we hate this. Right. Like, we got it. So. She ended up leaving and going to Savannah College of Art and Design to get a degree in um, screenwriting. And low key, I was like, dang, you know, I'm like still stuck in this job and, you know, I'm hating it. And she called me to my girl, we making movies. I'm like, why are you lying? (laughs) You know, she was like, you should come, you know, like and I'm like, man, I should. But by this time I had, um, you know, making bad decisions. I bought like a Mercedes GLK 350 straight out of school. Shouldn't have had I could not afford I could afford it. I couldn't afford to leave my job. <laughs> right, right. So you couldn't afford it. I could not afford yeah, it to follow okay, my dreams. Because to this day, we all buy things that we we can't afford. No. Can't afford doesn't mean making the payment. Can't afford means you can afford to pay it mm-hmm. fourth, five times over. Things That's you being buy able to cover to up what's yeah. inside, Amen. Kanye. Yes. Keep going. Yes. You know. And Trust me, um, I did it too. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> yes. No, it was a big regret. The transmission blew four months boy. after I got it. It was, I mean, but I had warranty. But anyway. God saved me from that. So let me uh, let me tell you what happened. I bought that truck, moved to Savannah, was like, okay, I'm pursuing this acting thing. And basically, I started mooching off of her tuition and was pretending to be a student. Not really telling people I was a student, just being around, doing student projects. And people assumed I was a student. I mean, it was a graduate program. So hey, I could... <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she hustled herself. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so hold on, for clarity, hold on, because I want to make sure I heard that right. Mm-hmm. So you left your D.C. job. Yeah. To go to Savannah. Yep. And just lived on campus with her. She had an apartment off campus. So you, you lived in the apartment with her. Yeah, she had a two-bedroom. And you were just going bedroom. to campus, eating, yeah. eating lunches, going to the classrooms. And I, you weren't a student. I was doing student. God no, I was not a student. <laughs> 
Not at all. was this? Savannah College of Art and Design. Savannah College. Savannah, Georgia. Y'all need to, need to up your security. <laughs> <laughs> Enroll for what? Listen, I got uh, cool with this professor and I, people thought I was a student. Like That is brilliant. Yeah. That's some catch me if you can stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, a movie right there, actually. Oh for God. real. Legit, my, my friends that I still to this day have, they moved to L.A., they didn't realize I was in a student until graduation came. And I was like, I ain't graduated. She's on stage. <laughs> like, what, what's your name? <laughs> so that's interesting, though, because it's like you are very naturally entrepreneurial, but you would it kind of sneaks up on people, right? Yeah, I didn't realize <laughs> I was doing anything crazy in the moment, though. You know, I just was like, my best friend said y'all down here making films, you know, like, let me meet some people. And I got in a couple student films and... Like, like, who is this girl? I would use her, like, pass to get into any events and stuff like that. <laughs> Y'all, I went to this one this one event where this uh, one, a casting director, she worked with Tyler Perry a lot and stuff like that. She was there speaking to, like, the Black Caucus mm-hmm. or whatever. And I asked her one question, and she offered me a job in front of everybody. Now, she ain't followed through. It was some—she was just trying to flex. Yeah. But if you could have seen everybody's face, like, what? Like, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, just speak up next time. You know, that's all you got to do. But like, yeah, it was crazy. So what happened was I was working in D.C. and something pushed me. I think God a lot of times pushes me into making decisions because it was a Friday, 3 p.m. One of my close friends was coming to visit. I had no reason to quit my job that day. Like, why didn't you wait till Monday? I walked to my manager's office and I was like, hey, Dean, can I talk to you real quick? And he was on the phone. He was like, hold on one second. I walked back to my desk. I'm like, what, what are you about to do? What are you about to say? And something was like, you got to quit. You just need to quit. Wow. And so I walked back to his office when he called me back and I was like, I want to be an actor. I don't want to do this. And he had never told me this before. He was like, you know what? I understand that. My sister is an actress. And I was like, oh, wow. And I was like, but Dean, I can't just quit. Like, I don't know how I'm going to support myself if I still need to get unemployment. And so I was cool with the HR lady, too, Lon, you know, and um, basically they hooked me up. They allowed me to quit (laughs) and they didn't contest my unemployment. And so I quit. (laughs) Where's this job at? (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Argosy University. (laughs) (laughs) So you went to school and weren't enrolled. (laughs) <laughs> and then quit a job and still got paid. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, if they, if you need a recommendation, feel free to send wow. them here. We won't tell them that we, you know, you quit. I literally put in a resignation letter, but when I applied for unemployment, they didn't contest it. So I got that. Did not capitalize on that the way I should have for it because I thought it was going to last a year. Mm-hmm. It only was for six months. So I'm down in Savannah living my best life. Like, <laughs> First of all, rent was only like, I think her and I were paying 800 for two a two-bedroom, and it was nice, too. And so I'm paying like 450 a month in rent. The South. Yeah, Savannah, yeah. Georgia. We were in Pooler, Georgia. And um, yeah, money ran out, and uh, I had to, I got a job at a gastroenterologist's office. Never will work in the medical field again. Sick people are mean as hell. And, <laughs> you know, rightfully so. <laughs> It's random, right? Right. <laughs> it's literally catch me if you can. Yep. Yeah. And, Savannah. Um, Savannah, Georgia. And then I started driving forklifts for um, Home Depot Distribution Center. And, um, right. Just, hey, you know what? I need to put a, a job count ticker somewhere in the yeah, bottom yeah, of the right, screen. Right here. So when we edit no, this. I've already counted my jobs. I've had, this is my 21st job. Okay. And 12 is my favorite number. So of course the inversion of 12 is sure. 21. So 21 is one of my favorites too. So uh-huh. I thought that was crazy. Uh-huh. But yeah, I had to do what I had to do. And I stayed in Savannah and was doing student films and driving forklifts. I was just like, mentally, I'm driving a go-kart every night. And 
Yeah, it was an overnight shift. <laughs> it was rough. So then, okay, so you graduate school. Mm-hmm. You have your degree in, say it one more time. What is your degree in? Broadcast journalism. Broadcast journalism. And African-American studies, a double degree. Oh, wow. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Fantastic. That's from the school she was enrolled in. <laughs> yeah, that's from the school I was enrolled in. <laughs> We're not counting all the other degrees. No, no, probably no, should no, get. no, 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 no. Not the scam. She accumulated <laughs> along the way. Who is yeah. JoJo Gibbs? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you graduate school. Now, what was the thing that was like, you know what, I'm going to Hollywood? Well, so after Savannah, it low-key shook me up because I was so broke. I was so broke. I moved back to D.C. with my mom for a year. And Rashonda, she went ahead and came to L.A. And I was like, girl, I ain't ready yet. I was broke with you in Savannah, but I can't move to L.A. and be broke with you right now. You know, so I moved back for a year, got a job, you know, office job. And um, I just hated it. I was like, I'm literally seeing my best friend continue on with her path. And I'm like, this is I should be doing the same thing. So I was home for about a year and then I made the decision again. I okay, once again, God made the decision for me, I will say, because I took a job at a magazine working in their advertising department. And Which, how many jobs are we up to now? Like 10? <laughs> <laughs> I can get a job Scooby now. Scooby is impressive. Oh, yeah. I can you guys get a job. You're a heck of an interviewer. Listen, I'm a, I'm a, I am the best interviewer ever. Anything, listen, I can get a job. Okay. You know. Uh, <laughs> Scooby is impressed. Listen, dead ass. Um, Oh, my God. And so I was working there. It was a small, small company, family owned. The father was away at his house in the Bahamas somewhere. And the son was supposed to be taken over. But so he hired a bunch of people while his dad was gone. The dad gets back. He's like not feeling good about losing control and da, da, da. Anyway, he calls me in the office one day. and He's like, do you really want to work here? And I was like, no. I was like... (laughs) I just could not lie to this man. He was an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. I respected his hustle, his grind. I'm like, I got to tell you the truth. No, I don't. You know, and this is your passion. So I can't sit here and lie to you that I'm passionate about. No. And he was like, you should go do whatever it is that you want to do. And he gave me, uh, what's it called? Like a sub. He basically paid me for two two checks, like a subset, like a. Um, oh, which, severance, like a severance. severance. Yeah. Which he did not do for anybody else, which so I really appreciated that. Hey, look, look, look. You God's are favorite. fortunate. Not... And I can see why, though. <laughs> no, no, no. You're right? so charming. Oh, thank you. Know you. Know? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, like that whole thing going on. So I get it. Like, you always have these blessings yeah. coming. Blessings, yeah. Because you're very honest. I think that's what he appreciated was the fact that I didn't try to sugarcoat it. I was like, no, sir, I don't want to work for your magazine. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I want to go be an actor. <laughs> and what is Uncle Lester saying to you at this point as he's seeing your life as a police officer, firefighter, <laughs> nurse? <laughs> you know, I was a senator at one point, too. But <laughs> midterm, I was like, this ain't for but me. You know, <laughs> remember when uh, remember when someone said, let there be light? It was yes, me. Yes, it was me. <laughs> then I passed it on to somebody else. <laughs> I, I rest on the seventh day. We debate about that. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Oh, no, but um, Uncle Lester, I mean, you know, he, at this point, I think people get to the point where they like, you're going to live your life and you're going to make the decisions you want to make because I had randomly quit a few jobs at this point, you know, so. He gave me a severance package. I remember driving off and being like, okay, like, I'm going to move to L.A. I uh, maxed out all my credit cards to get my little Honda fixed up, enough to drive across the country. I bought my best friend, Rashonda, a ticket to fly her back out to D.C. so she could ride with me across the country. And that's what happened, you know. So the comedian part of it, because I've seen some of your stand up, Mm -hmm. I noticed that it's very, like, 
draw obviously you're drawing from, from your own experiences life, yeah. and everything. So do you find yourself were you studying comedians or anything? Or are you just like, you know what, let me just try this out and just see what I'm going to do with it? That's basically what it was. I went out to L.A. for my birthday before I moved out there. And um, I mentioned to Rashonda, I was like, I want to, I think I want to do an open mic. I want to try it out. And I wasn't serious, serious, but she was determined. Like, that night, she took me to three different spots. The first one, they're like, oh, we don't do that anymore. We don't do the open mic. The second one, they were like, oh, tonight we have another event going on. I was like, girl, we good. Like, I'm like low-key getting nervous. Like, I'm right. like, girl, you serious? Like, chill out. We ain't got to do all that. We can chill. She's like, no, we're going to find your spot. So we go to the comedy store. They had an open mic. The room is packed. Packed. I'm like, all right, I ain't going to get up there because there's too many people. And it looked like they weren't really choosing out of a bucket. It looked like they low-key already knew right. who they wanted to go up. So I was like, they're not going to choose me. So what happens was they were playing comedy bingo and I had like four friends there with me. And basically this was another way for you to get on stage if you win the bingo game. Her ex-boyfriend hits bingo. I hear that. I'm like, oh, he's like, bingo. I'm like, like, oh no. And they're all playing for you. Yeah, they all playing for me. So he's like, she want to go up, da, da, da. So me and another guy hit bingo. We go to the stage. Like I said, the room is packed. And they're like, okay, well, y'all got to do a joke off. I'm like, I didn't prepare a joke off. I don't have like a one-liner joke. So he does something that's corny. And then I say, I get the mic. And I was like, well, I, I don't have a joke off y'all, but it's my birthday. So, and they were like, we want her. We want her. And I, they were like, all right, you up. And literally I was like, okay. And I did my set. They were cracking up. They were laughing. It was amazing. After, at the end of it, people were high-fiving me and stuff. And I sit back in my seat and I'm like, oh my God, you just Star did that. Born. <laughs> that ignites something within you like absolutely yeah, yeah I loved the cheers and the reception from the crowd and the fact that they were laughing and it felt genuine it wasn't right. you know it's like a full house and these are comedians that do it all the time you right. know and you know regular folk too but it felt good like when I sat back down in my seat after being done I was like that was a high that I like you know ever been able to replicate that first feeling throughout the years of you doing stand up well, every time I do it, I get a little nervous, which now I embrace because I've tried to be like, what you nervous for? It's a small show. Da, da, da. Then you go and energy ain't the same. You know, it's like low key. I enjoy the butterflies now. Now, you know, um, but now nah, it's not a feeling I've been able to replicate just because it was such a crazy moment, like how it happened. It just felt like God driven, you know, for sure, because. I was sitting there. I wasn't even playing the bingo game. I was just scared. <laughs> I don't know if it's God driven. I'm waiting for you to take the mask over and say, surprise, I am God. Like, I'm just waiting for <laughs> the way your we life was. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, no, not God. I think you are God. <laughs> I've That's never heard a fortune. Like That's a lot of fortune. Um, okay, so you do that because you're out here for your birthday. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm moving to LA. Yeah, that well, was the stamp where you're like, I'm doing it. Yeah, I go home, go back to DC, and I'm there for like not much longer. What happened was I had a, I was trying to get a job as a pharmaceutical sales rep. That was my last thing. I was like, if this happens, I'm staying. Because who going to turn a pharmaceutical sales rep? Look they make, me, that's they make kinda, some money. They make yeah, money. They, make so they get a gas a car. A they life. get a car. You know, I'm like, yeah. I get to the last interview for this pharmaceutical sales job. I'm th- I even stopped smoking weed for this job. I stopped smoking weed for a month, which I ain't did ever. <laughs> and I uh, keep it real. I got to the black dude. He was the general manager of the region. And 
I ain't gonna lie. I sat down beside him and his blonde hair, blue eyed assistant who he had to have with him because I'm like, why I'm gonna be above her? Why does her decision, you know, why does her opinion matter in terms of you giving me this job? I sat down and I was just like, he ain't finna give me this job. You just knew. I just knew. I did like a shadowing day. I interviewed with, you know, white people and just, you know, they loved me and they was just pushing me through. And when I sat down with him, I was like, you could just tell. Well, one, he told me his da- his daughter did lacrosse. I was like, you're married to a white woman. And, you know, he, they went to a private school and da, da, da. And I was like, you're the only black person in this region. And I can tell that you want to keep it that way. Because I feel like a lot of times they feel like if I bring another black person in, then I'm going to be there. are preservation Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, or I'll be held accountable for the what you do or we'll be bonded. to. I don't know what he was thinking, but we've all seen Django. Yeah. Why is that? You're right. <laughs> he was him. You know, and um But actually you know, give me the you, job. we should give a, a round of applause. He actually helped you. you oh, he helped me. So it's like yeah, no, if you took that job, you wouldn't be and I, I definitely so would have taken it. in disguise. It was. He, he definitely wouldn't have been on twenties. No, no, not <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would still be a pharmaceutical sales yeah. rep, probably. So you, you didn't get the job, and then you moved to L.A.? Then I was like, okay, boom, it's time to go. Now, when you first got out here, were you going on auditions right away? Did you get a job? Like, what was it? Because how long have you been out here? Six years. Okay. I've been out here for six years. And when you and I met in Dustin's class, mm-hmm. that, what was that, two years ago? I don't remember. Dustin Felder, it might have been about three, three years, years ago. No, yeah. Three years longer, ago. Yeah. yeah. Three, four, yeah. Three, four, so, time something is flying. like that. So time three is years flying. ago. So, so the first three years here, were you going on auditions? Were you no. Doing, were you doing open mics? So I came out here and I was like, oh, I got to jump and straight into the game. Money? I want you to answer this, but I want people to understand what someone goes through who moves right. out here. Because right. it is not easy no. making the transition, especially from the South. I'm from New York. At least I'm from a yeah. big city, the yeah. hustle and bustle. For those of the South is slow, mm-hmm. you know, the way of life is just very different, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that because I have a lot of family in the South. I have my, my family lives in the South. It, it's an easier jump, I would say, for someone to adapt from some, from New York than mm-hmm. someone from North right. Carolina. Probably. So that's why I just want to sort of help people understand that. So yeah. you move from D.C. Mm-hmm. To, to L.A. LA. What are you doing to make money? How are you Because it's expensive out here, yeah. too. Yeah, I will say this. It was rough. The first two years were rough as hell because I made a commitment not to get a job that would distract me from my goals, which it is a big sacrifice right. because those jobs don't usually pay that well. Right. You know, I wanted something that I wouldn't get too emotionally attached to, something that wouldn't try to push me to grow and, you know, become a manager or something like that. So first off, I took a job just to um, I met this lady on the plane, Candace. First, she tried to give me a job in this, as an assistant for a corporate bank of America. I didn't get that, thankfully, because that's the type of job where you they try to keep you in there. And it was a nine to five. It was, anyway, the first job I got was in marketing. They said it was marketing. It was not. It was basically us wearing corporate looking clothes, walking from business to business, trying to get them to upgrade their internet and internet service. Cold calling. Not even, I mean, yeah, cold knocking, cold knocking, knocking. cold knocking, knocking, yes. And so they would have icebreakers every, I literally would wake up before the sun came up and would get home before the sun, I mean, after the sun went down, I was sleeping on my best friend's couch. She was living in a small one bedroom in Koreatown with her boyfriend. And I, it was cool because I was very much so, I cleaned up, like I was gone before they woke up, cleaned up like you never know. But also I'm like, this is a man. He want to walk around in his drawers and you know what I'm saying? Like I need to get out of here. So I was there with them for a month. The first job I had was terrible. They paid 
basically you don't make no money the first couple of weeks, so they give you like two fifty just to keep you in the game. Two hundred and fifty dollars after in working LA. fifty hours for the week, you know. So I basically was like, this ain't it. I gotta keep it pushing. So then I went to work at a gym, Gold's Gym. I worked at a Gold's Gym in DC as a part time gig, and so I started doing that. Finally, things started kind of getting chill for me. Um, I got an apartment in South Central. The landlord was mad cool. He let me stay there the first three months by myself because my friend, my friend, I was he him and I was supposed to get a place together and he backed out on me because he was playing two sides. He was over here pretending to, you know, stay with these people and stay with me. And they found a place before me. Ended up one of them had bad credit, so they didn't get it anyway. Karma. But the, you the, felt that like little micro like yeah that, uh, karma yeah, yeah. don't try to play people because I'm running around LA looking for us a place and then you are gonna tell me you are gonna go with these people yeah. instead so yeah. I told the landlord like I love the place but I can't afford it by myself he was like well how about this you stay there because I like you and when you ready get you a, you get a roommate and then they can start paying the other half of the rent he only made me pay half of the rent for a two bedroom apartment wow. so I did that. <laughs> So do Shout try out to play to Antonio Chavez. I mean, here's the thing. It's I'm South Central, but the silver lining is you got the place. So yeah. it's just like, yeah, so you know, it's not a diss South oh, Central. Yeah. South Central, for people who are not from L.A., it, it's a lot of gangs over there. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, NSC. You're not from here. USC is there, too. Yeah. yeah. And, and the thing <laughs> is, and the thing, I even had to learn this. The thing about California is, if you're not from here, because everything looks beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. the ghettos here are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Palm You trees. know, being from New York, like, you can differentiate the hood right. from the suburbs. Right. right. They look different. Right. Here, you know, you can be like, oh, I just left the uh the Two Rams box. Arena and then you turn around a corner and it's like a turf wall. Mm-hmm. You just don't know. You just don't know. But anyway. <laughs> I, I was told not to go past the 60s. So I lived on yep. 39th. Okay. And I felt like that was deep enough for me. Right. I was like, I'm going to go home, mind my business. Because that was another one of his problems. I found the apartment. He was like, I heard it's a, it's a lot of crime in that area. Uh, fool, go to, go home. Like, you ain't got to talk to people walking the house. Tell <laughs> me it's a lot of crime in there. It's crime everywhere. Like, what are you talking about? But anyway, it worked out for me. I lived there for about four years. And basically, the first two years were rough. I distinctly remember a creditor calling me and basically Talking me through my, like, I started crying on the phone with her. I'm like, girl, I know I owe y'all. <laughs> <laughs> if don't nobody else know that I owe y'all money, I know. <laughs> and she was like, uh, well, what's going on? And I was like, I just moved across the country. Like, and she consoled me. I could tell she was from maybe India or somewhere. She was like, you know, in some places in the world, you moving to the other side of the country would be like you moving to another country. So you basically, that's, she was that's like, true. Yeah. It is like you go to Europe, you bounce around from countries like states, you know, even in Africa. So yeah. that perspective, I wish I could thank this woman to this day because that perspective really helped me out a lot and made me less hard on myself about not getting my footing financially. I also had an acting coach before I got in Dustin's class who told me, look, before you jump into acting or comedy or anything, you need to get your money straight because you got to make sure you can stay out here to do the things that yeah, you want to do. Sustain yourself. Yeah, you got to sustain yourself. So I picked up multiple jobs at one point finally i took the advice of a friend and i started substitute teaching and that's really when okay yeah <laughs> no but now, I, did I, they know did, now, did they know you worked there or did you just walk into a class and say hi I'm <laughs> <laughs> i think that was in the movie too <laughs> <laughs> cash if you can oh, is your life God. yeah like i had Oh, and I forgot to mention before, after I left the gym, I think God again was trying to show me something because I went from knocking on business doors to my friend's boyfriend worked for this company where they would try to get people to sign up for solar panels on their home. And so I went from 
I got let go from the gym because they were going through a lawsuit and blah, blah, blah. It wasn't on me. Like, they literally had right. to just reduce staff. staff. Yeah. So I desperately, out of desperation, take this job and I'm walking from house to house. And something hit me one day and was like, if you can open up a gate and walk into somebody's yard and knock on their door in the evening in their most comfortable space at the end of the day when they just got off work and talked to them about some stuff that they didn't even ask you to come here to talk to. You can talk to anybody. You can do it for yourself. You can walk into and knock on any door, you know. Or get killed. Or, yeah, you know, thank, thank God that didn't happen. You know, I got the low cut. So, God, people would always think I was a boy first. And I'd be like, hey, you know, let the letter know. No, honey, it's Hi, safe. it's yeah. the owner, right? Knock, knock, knock. Who, who is it? Hi. I just, you know, just wanted to know if the owner was home. Look, I'm letting you know I'm a woman. Yeah, Shit, yeah. don't get to I it. get it. I get it. And I ain't no danger, you know. So, um, anyway, I went and started substitute teaching. That was crazy because I was literally waking up in the morning trying to catch an assignment and then having to dress real quick and just go to the school wherever it was in L.A. And, um, yeah, that's when I finally started having a little bit of money to do Dustin's right. class, to do an improv class. So around that time, when, when we met, because for those who are like, we actually met in Dustin Feldman's, rest in peace, by the way. Mm-hmm, I, think, mm-hmm. we, I think it just came up on his one year anniversary yeah. of his passing or the second year. Powerful acting coach. Mm-hmm. Very inspiring and inspirational. So around the time you were in Dustin's acting class, were you substitute teaching? Yep. I had no clue. Okay. Right. Yep. Wow. And then I also want to commend you. One of the things, I call it the Hollywood cycle. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is a lot of times people move to L.A. with big dreams, goals, and aspirations, and they get caught in the allure of Hollywood because it's intoxicating, right? It's a beautiful city, beautiful people. You're mm-hmm. around celebrities every other day. And you watch people sort of get sucked into this the mix, right? And then yeah. they forget why they came out here. So every mm-hmm. day they're partying, they're drinking, they're spending money, they're trying to, you know, have images that's not real. And yeah. six months later, they back home. Yeah. You know? And it's yeah. like, so So it's good to see that you didn't get caught up in that. Furthermore, I want to reiterate, and I'm just giving you your kudos because you got your degree. And one of the things I always preach is like, do what you have to do to do what you want to do. It's mm-hmm. something I preach to my siblings and you know, so I want to commend you to that. Oh, yeah. thank, you. Okay. thank you. Well, that degree helped you because you in L.A., you can't substitute teach exactly. without the degree. Exactly. So that's good. Even though you probably would have figured out a way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I would have been like, don't y'all see I'm good with these kids? <laughs> All right, so you're in Dustin's acting class. Yes. Okay, and around this time, you still haven't been cast in anything, right? No. Up to that mm-mm. point, have you been? Were you going on auditions? Or no, stand-up? I didn't have reps. I was just doing comedy. Okay. Um, so fast forward, just to let y'all know, Twenties was my first audition for anything. Wow. Yeah. So. <laughs> thank you. That do you guys believe happens. me? Do you guys believe me when I say she's literally? Go- I'm waiting for yeah. her to take the <laughs> That never happened. Like, and, and the thing no. is, like, so, I, like, when I met JoJo, it was in, in the class, but she always had, like, great energy, great personality. But you were really quiet also. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't talk a lot. Mm-mm. You know, very, very sort of to herself. But she was always funny. Thank and you. I remember after the class, because after the class, I feel like that's when you started really doing a lot of things on social media. Like, you started mm-hmm. doing more skits. Yeah. And fast forward a little bit. But is that sort of what led up to you getting the audition for 20s? Like, tell me, like, how did that come about? So basically, I was doing stand-up, waiting to have my moment for somebody in the crowd to see me and sign me. It wasn't happening. And I said, well, you know, I really want to act. And I went to my best friend who I had, you know, went to Savannah with and came here and she had a degree in screenwriting. I'm like, can you help me co-write a script, a series? 
We sat down one weekend and knocked out 10 episodes and sent it to our friends to read and they loved it. And back to the networking of college. Going to Savannah College of Art and Design, we built a network of people who had already moved to L.A. who worked in the industry in different capacities. So we got the director friend. We got the DP friend. We got the sound friend. We got the producer friend. We got everybody, you know. So it was like, okay, let's bring everybody together and let's make a project because, you know, we all kind of fall into stuff that we don't we didn't move out here to do. So we got to put in that extra time. So her and I wrote this script and we were like, we just want to y'all to volunteer our time. We will produce it. So I picked up another job. I became a full-time substitute teacher. Thankfully, that increased my money because they like, okay, you're here all the time now. Mm-hmm. And then I picked up a job serving tables at the Cheesecake Factory. Had never served tables before, but my mother was a server and she pretty much told me what I needed to say in the interview. And because they would have tried to start me off as a as a hostess, and I was like, nah, I got to get to the money, you know. So <laughs> I basically I'll be cashier. <laughs> I, so now um, you own the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, <laughs> one day I'm going to own a cheesecake. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, we co-wrote it. We get started. We're shooting the first. We cast people. We start shooting the first episode. We're shooting from 6 a.m. to like 3 on Saturdays and Sundays. And then I'm going to work serving tables after that. Basically, we were doing that for the first episode. Then we got to the second. And I was like, man, I'm about to be exhausted. Between teaching these third and fourth graders and serving and, and shooting, we need to figure out something else. So instead, we decided to crowdfund. So we, I actually remember this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's when I started boosting up my social media presence and doing like car conversations and just talking and stuff like that. And then what happened was Avenida Productions, which is a Latina company that I don't know if they still do it, but at the time they saw that we had started trying to crowdfund and they specialized in helping people crowdfund. And I had performed for them at a comedy show that they did. And um, shout out to them. They were the first people to pay me. Like, it was $25, but still, you know, a lot of times, you know. 25 is better than zero. Zero, exactly. So they hit me up. They were like, we believe in you. We think you're hilarious. We want to help you. So, of course, it was a fee, but they gave us a discounted rate. And they helped us create the wave to crowdfund. Back to the story about knocking on doors. My best friend, Rashonda, she works in the industry. She was able to get addresses of, you know, people in the industry that, you know, where they really work, not just, you know, what's. And I took a couple of days off of substitute teaching and we made these content boxes with like a USB drive wristband on it with our trailer, our sizzle, our Y video. We had shot all that and we had hoodies, we had sweatshirts, we had stickers, we had lighters with our logos on it. And we made these dope ass black boxes and I drove around the city and dropped them off all over the place and literally would walk into a building and be like, hey, I got to drop this box off to Lena Waithe or hey, I got to drop this box off to da da da. And they'd be like, do you have a meeting? And I'm like, no, no, you know, but I just got to drop. You know what I'm saying? It's all about confidence. Like, it's crazy because I did something in Viacom the other day. And I remember recording myself on Instagram, showing people how, like, I don't have a meeting at Viacom, but watch me get in here. And I could probably pull it up in my memories, but I'm like walking through, like, told y'all I was going to get in here. And I... <laughs> That was my first job, MTV. Oh, yeah? In New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At Viacom? Yeah, yeah, MTV, yeah. How much did you raise with the crowdfunding? So we use Seed and Spark. And in that okay. regard, you can you can be donated other services. So okay. somebody might donate craft services. That could be a thousand dollars worth. You know. So basically, in essence, we raise forty five thousand in contributions. So that don't necessarily mean money. Just yeah. You know, no, I'm just blown away. Like I had no idea a lot of this stuff you're telling me, and mm. it's very rare. My my friends are in. I'm blown away 
You know what I'm saying by this? And I'm I'm, I'm going to let you finish. That sounds like Kanye. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but but it's just, I think there's certain, like, you, you it has to be highlight, like, for everyone who makes excuses, who come from bad situations, because a mm-hmm. lot of us do. Yeah. And it's harder. And it's not fair. You know, like, a fair is where you go to judge pigs and see pie contests. Right? Mm-hmm. Life is not fair. It's those who have the tenacity, the right mindset, mm-hmm. and just go out and get it. Mm-hmm. Because everyone can complain. Yeah. And it's like sitting here listening to your story. You had 3,000 jobs. You kept pushing. You were up. You were down. And you were up. And you were down. And it's like you found a... Like you went door to... Like that is remarkable, Joe. Yeah. Like, he even I'm, got him to cuss. He never even cussed. <laughs> I'm, like, sure, I'm literally... You know? like, yeah. I'm blown yeah. away. Like... Well, I'll, I'll add to that. You know, it almost feels like... Because it, it definitely feels like a movie, all jokes aside. Yep. And it's something to say, like, everything that you did kind of prepared you for the next step, mm-hmm. though. Like, if you hadn't had the job where you were selling solar panels, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have the confidence to go, let me just go act like this package delivery exactly. person and drop this off, <laughs> exactly. you know? Exactly. And, and it's like, it's so funny because it's like, we don't necessarily realize, just in general, just in life, how everything prepares us for the next step. Mm-hmm. So that's dope. Yeah. You know, that's uh, we'll, keep, uh, we'll keep going. So so you're dropping these packages off mm-hmm. and, and it caught the attention of someone? So my friend Tristan, he he's a part of our like No More Comics in LA crew. He knew Lena's assistant. And so he got her a box and she shouted us out on Instagram, wore the hoodie, donated to the campaign. And then she was just like, I'm telling you, it was divine timing because she just so happened to be about to audition for 20s. And um, who was Lena? Lena, uh, I mean, hold audition. Okay, I'm about to say, I thought that was her show. Yeah, okay, no, okay, no, no. Okay, I okay, meant, okay. um, like it was when I say divine timing, like it wasn't pilot season. It wasn't the time of the year when people are looking for people to fill these slots on sl- shows. And she, I guess, looked at some of the stuff we were doing and was like, "Hmm, okay, uh, look, I got this show. We auditioning for it. Um, I'm gonna send you in for an audition. It was simple as that." And I was like, "Okay," and it literally hit me. Like, this is your moment. Like, you have to, because I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. I I don't know how else I'm going to get into any other rooms. And she was like, I'm going to put you in the room. Um, Lena did. Lena. Yeah, Lena was it, like, I'm okay. going to have you go in. She didn't know if I could act. She was like, I was just throwing you a bone. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this, too, because Lena's even just like, like, Lena's a real one. Like, I know Reece, mm-hmm. she had her company, Hillman Grant. Like, yeah. So it's like, she has a nice team, but Lena's a real one. And she, I'm telling you guys right now, like, Lena rocks with you. Yeah. Like, like she be plugging you on social all the time. Like, yeah. like she rocks with you. I so that, that, that's a testament to God's favor. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you are God. What am I talking about? Stop, your favor stop. in your life. Yeah. I'm uh, a child of God. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm fascinated. So, so you got the audition for, for 20s. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so whatever happened with the thing that you were trying no to. No more comics in LA. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened with the project you were shooting. So things kind of just went fast with okay. 20s you know like I did the first audition and I think they just knew that they wanted me for it but they knew they would have to sell me to the network because I had Unknown, no credits right. so that went really fast and then with No More Comics in LA since then we've decided to rewrite it and redo it because it was pretty similar to what I'm doing on 20s and it just seems like not smart to repeat the same right. type of vibe you right. know especially when it's something that we're doing ourselves but I'm gonna keep it real time passed 2020 happened people's got married, had babies, you know, and all of us elevated in our own respective careers. We're all going to come back together and get it done. I honestly think instead of making a scripted show, now we're going to redirect it to me doing a a comedy. Documentary or something like that? A comedy special. Yeah, Yeah, so um, 
I think that's what we're going to make it into. And then hopefully that can be catapulted into a show because the way the industry works now, it's like if you write a pilot, you know, they'll make the rest. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's more so about um, us. Like, we still got the money sitting in an account and we're just waiting for an opportunity to just do something different. And that's good, too, because the average person would have spent the money. We just had no. the whole pandemic. Right. So, mission. Right, 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 right. <laughs> no, we ain't touched that money. So, okay, so so you got the audition for 20s. Mm-hmm. You killed it. Mm-hmm. Did they call you back right afterwards? Basically, after my first audition, I got hit up by the director. And he was like, I want to do a session with you. Because the network was like, who is she? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> do you think that she can, you know, hold down a lead role on a whole show, you know? And so he did a little like session with me. And so before I went in for the second audition, that's when I killed it. That's with when the network executive. Right. Yeah, because I did a great job, but they wanted to see if I could do something different. Mm-hmm. And literally they asked Lena if I had um taken an act. He was like, Who's her acting coach? And Lena was like, I just had Justin. Justin Tipping is the direct yeah. the initial director of 20s. I just had Justin meet with her. And I was like, yeah, wow. just tell me what you need and I can do it. Like, I, I gave one depiction. Now, yeah, okay, if you need something else, I did it. And then, honestly, it was like a tornado. They was like, okay, you need a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you yeah. realize how business right. it actually mm-hmm. is. So, for those who don't know, what is 20s about? 20s And is, where can it be found? Yes. So, 20s can be found on BET. Also, it's on Showtime. It's on BET+. Plus. You can also get all the episodes on YouTube as well Um, if you ain't got any of those platforms. It's like $20 on YouTube. You can get the whole season. Yeah, what is 20s about? 20s is loosely based off of Lena's life as in her 20s, of course, trying to pursue becoming a screenwriter and all the hijinks that she went to. And it also centers around her two best friends, Marie and Nia. So it's just, it's it's a series about love, life, ups and downs of trying to pursue something in the industry and yeah, it's like, you know, super relatable. And That's what I was to say, because it feels like your real life mm-hmm. is right. symmetrical. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's super parallel. In all fairness to the network, they were like, who is she? Your second college was probably saying the same thing, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they still are. Right? Who is that? Like, who is that? One, one day I'm going to do a commencement speech. Right, that. you are. You're going to be an alumni, you know. They'll, they'll take the credit. Right. Okay, so you guys you guys wrapped season one and mm-hmm. it did well. Mm-hmm. And now you guys are gearing for season two. So that's yep. like Thank you. Know, you. Yeah, it's very happy the, about the that. continue bag. But more opportunities came from that, right? Yeah. Uh, you got a film fresh mm-hmm. that you just shot in Vancouver. Can you yep. talk about what that's about? Who's a who's a part of that and what that movie was about? I can talk a little bit about okay. it. Um, yeah, don't get in trouble. Like, you yeah, know, no, we you signed an NDA and I ain't even read it. I was yeah. like, if I gotta sign this to do it, I mean, right. I'm <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer: read anything they put before you. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, read it. But it was also low key. You ever get in a situation you like? So you're not gonna let me do it if I don't sign this. Uh-huh. So I guess I got to sign it, you know, but anyway. One job um, you did not get was in a a legal, a lawyer's office. (laughs) I did not not work in a legal (laughs) office. I should have, right. Yeah, so, you know, we finished promoing for 20s. It was dope. We were traveling from different states and then COVID happened and everything got shut down. And I was pretty much stagnant for a while or other than I did a, uh, it's called Electric Easy. It's a scripted podcast. I did that. That was fun doing voiceover work. And then honestly, Dougie, I had to, I prayed. I was like, we were supposed to shoot 20s in October of last year. And then um, my castmate was pregnant. And so then they pushed it back to the next year. And I was like, okay, God, I don't want to start off 2021 not working. I can't, I can't do three months of this again in another year. So I like literally begged and pleaded. And I ended up getting cast in a film called Fresh with um, 
Daisy Edgar Jones, she's in the show, the limited series, Normal People. She's incredible. She's amazing. Also, um, Sebastian Stan, he plays the Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. And um, he's amazing as well. He's very good. He's a very good Bucky, you know. And yeah, I was just so grateful for this opportunity because the character I'm playing, Molly, she's so different from Hattie. She works in a, the fashion industry, so I'm wearing a lot of cool outfits, heels, more feminine. They put box braids in my hair, so I don't look anything like Hattie. And so that was exactly what I was asking for. Also, it's a horror slash thriller film, so it's not a comedy, even though there are comedic moments because I'm going to be me, you know, at the end of the day. But there is a significant shift in the film. Right of course, which I greatly appreciated. And yeah, it was shot in Vancouver. We did it during COVID. City. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> I love Canada. We don't want to go there. No, no. <laughs> Shout out to Canada. Shout out to uh, Canada. Who directed that? It's directed by Mimi Cave, written by Lauren Kahn. So it was directed by a woman, which was um, an incredible experience. I mean, I've been, Tiffany Johnson, she directed me on 20s too. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't my first time or anything like that. But yeah, it was it was amazing. What was so surreal is was like Loki sitting beside Daisy as she was nominated for and Golden Globe for Normal People, mm-hmm. and of course they had to do it in her hotel uh, in our suite or whatever. And I'm just like, you one degree away from somebody that's getting nominated for Golden Globes. That means you can be nominated for Golden Globes. Yep, you can be nominated for anything. You know, right. I wouldn't be surprised win. if you won an Oscar one day just the way you want to. <laughs> Surprise. Oscars, it's, it's inevitable. What is it like working with Lena? And mm-hmm. what is some things that you take away from her or you hope to emulate? Lena is a trailblazer. Yes, yeah, she is. You know, she, yeah. she marches to the beat of her own drum and she makes opportunities, you know, not only for herself, but for other people and gives new people an opportunity to, right. to be seen, which I greatly appreciate because if it weren't like Lena says, one thing she told the people at TBS, because 20s originally started off at TBS and then it went to BET. But one thing she told them in reference to casting me was that I was like her and Master of None. Like she didn't have mm-hmm. any credits before she did Master of None. But, you know, it went great, clearly. <laughs> yeah, she got the shy. And, you know, one of the things I do want to say about Lena and Issa Rae, Lena, mm-hmm. what Lena Waithu are talking about and Issa Rae is they are the culture right now. Mm-hmm. And if you look at even when you go to Sundance, you go to some of these festivals, they are the epicenter. Even Charles King. I want to give Charles King Charles and Macro King, some yeah. love because if you think about Black Hollywood right now and the culture, they're at the epicenter. Absolutely. Right? And it's like, I want to just make some noise for that. Yeah. And, so, um, um, quick question. You know, you've had a lot of fortune. You know, like, yeah, like and, it's, and it's crazy because it's actually in, like, compared to other actors, it's a relatively short period of time. You mm-hmm. know, like, you know, you said you got your first audition and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So where are you at now with your, as an artist, where are you at in terms of adding to this palette? Like, what are you, what are you looking at? Like, are you challenging yourselves? Like, what are you looking to do? Yeah. What, what kind of things are you looking to, to grow? At? That's a great question because I have been in this place my whole adult life, low-key, of knowing that whatever I was doing wasn't the last thing. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm finally in the industry, I'm like, okay, what next? You know, like acting, of course, you know, but in terms of, I want to get back into writing. I have so many ideas, so many great ideas, and I just need to sit down and put them on paper. You know, Um, I think that's the biggest challenge for me right right now is making sure that I utilize every department of this industry rather than just doing acting. I mean, yeah, hone acting. You know, I have to study acting and I want to always get better at that. 
However, just from the trend of the way the industry is now, it seems really important to create your own opportunities to some degree. And so I would love to own a production company. If I could do it with my best friend, that would be absolutely phenomenal. She's worked, like I said, she works in the industry, works for 20th mm-hmm. Century. So we're Recently pretty much... Recently hired, right? Recently yeah. promoted to CE with, with my man Brian Duke and a few other people. Yeah. Uh, so that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'll keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, no. You good. Her and I, we're a dynamic duo. And we... I don't feel like are living up to our potential in the moment. And that's really what's next for me. It's like, of course, I want to get every acting gig. I want to, you know, do the big budget, like, action film. And um, I would love to be a Marvel superhero one day, shit, you know? And so that's what it is right now. It's like, okay, I'm finally in the realm, the circle I'm supposed to be in, rather than, like, you know, I knew... I could become emotionally detached from all those random jobs I had because I was, I'm going to just go in, do the job the best of my ability, but I know this ain't it for me. You know, now that this is it for me. This matters. It matters. Yeah. yeah. So pressure is a little higher. Anxiety is a little higher. However, I'm just grateful that I'm in it because that's the hardest part. You know, is it's like getting into a high school that you want to get into. And it's like, okay, now I'm here. Now I got to figure out which table I want to sit at, you know, and which group I want to be cool with and right. all that stuff. So that's really where I Don't am right now. Don't be complacent, just keep moving, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And as we wrap this up, what is some advice you would give to anyone who comes from a small city, comes from poverty, or comes from bad circumstances mm-hmm. that have big dreams? Like, what is something that you would want to leave with them? Well, I think you have to listen to your intuition mostly. You know, if you have a vision, then you, one, use whatever your experience is as motivation to get to that vision and don't take things personal. Low key, I can't tell people not to take it personal because me taking certain things personal was fuel to push me to make sure that they knew that I could attain whatever it is that they said I couldn't have. So take it personal, you know, push yourself to get to whatever you want to get to. And if you're coming from a small town, understand that it's not personal coming from, you know, people don't believe in you. It's because I mean, maybe they have a hard time believing in themselves. So if they can't believe these things for themselves, how could they ever believe it for you? So you have to believe it and picture it and envision it and feel it. Like before I actually heard that I got 20s, you know the phrase jumping off the wall. I literally was jumping like it was enough room in my apartment. I was running (laughs) and I was like, this is what they mean, jumping off the wall, because I literally was jumping off the wall. Like, but before I got the yes, I felt the yes. And you have to know and soak into it that you deserve whatever it is that you you want out of life and that you're capable of having. Mm-hmm. So you just got to stick with that mentality. Man, I love it. I couldn't have said it better. And as I always say, it starts with your state of mind. Mm-hmm. Surround yourself with people that push you, mm-hmm. that hold you accountable to what JoJo just said. Take people's doubt, use it as fuel mm-hmm. to continue to go and know you're a winner. Yes. Know there's going to be ups and downs. That's life. But keep going. Yeah. JoJo, I am so happy you're here. I'm Thank so you happy for you having came. me. So much. I am blown away. Like, you have no idea. I'm I'm fascinated. And you have a cheerleader within me. Thank I want to see you keep winning. Ditto. Same um, you. And look, anything you need me for, please. I, I'm happy to help. And, Thank and you, Dougie. Everyone watch 20s on BET. When, yes. when, when does season two start filming? We start on Tuesday. Okay. Yep. JoJo T. Gibbs. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. y'all. Thank y'all for having me. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, as I always say, it's been another episode of We Might Need Counseling Podcast. I'm Dougie. That's Jovan. God bless. Thanks for listening. Be sure to rate and comment on Apple Podcasts. 
and visit our Facebook page at WMNC Podcast. You can also find the guys on Instagram at Dougie Cash and at Jovan underscore WMNC. Also, a big shout out to Studio Pod Media, Nodelab, and the Network Studios. Until next time, bye. <laughs>